Cabin Boy Minute, Minute 42. In this minute, we learn about Cappy's life goals, the benefits of an epidural, and setting healthy boundaries. Get ready to set sail with Cabin Boy Minute, Minute 42. Cabin Boy Minute 42. 42. How auspicious. It is. Well, and I'm just making this connection right now. I mean, yes, we know, all being Douglas Adams fans, that the number 42 is the meaning of life. And uh, it seems very fitting for this episode, right? They're contemplating uh, life in some respect. Good observation, sir. Um, so we uh, join Cappy and Nathaniel once again, deep in conversation. So Nathaniel has just listened to Cappy's rendition of Essie May, and he is giving his uh, critical feedback on such song. Deep analysis from Nathaniel, wiping away the tears. It hit deeply Cappy's story. Uh, he describes it. It was like honey from the lips of an angel. So as with all of these things, maybe it would help for a little more context on what these two things are. Of course. One being honey and another thing being angels. What are these obscure (laughs) things? Again, to get at the heart of these answers, we have to truly pick apart the components to see the whole, correct? Of course, yes. So... Honey is made by honeybees and related insects. Bees produce honey from nectar by regurgitation, enzymatic activity, and water evaporation. Honey is stored in honeycombs. And get this, most microorganisms do not grow in honey. Mm. So sealed honey does not spoil even after thousands of years oh my i didn't realize it kept that long yes indeed moving right along to what i was going to research angels i looked at the angels wikipedia page way too much information (laughs) uh so an angel is a spiritual being of sorts uh revered in some religions that's what i will say a perfect summary (laughs) So, is he accurate? Is this song like honey from the lips of an angel? Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) You don't think so? (laughs) So, therein is the joke, right? Like, honey from the lips of an angel, and then we get a nice, uh, strong belch from Cappy that seals the joke. And, uh... For the record, yes, belching, also called burping or eructation, mm. is the release of gas from the upper digestive tract, esophagus and stomach, through the mouth. And uh, when you're drinking beer, as Cappy is, you're mainly expelling the carbon dioxide from the beer with your belching. Ah, that is what is happening. Not honey. Not honey. Uh, so then Nathaniel follows up with a bless you. 
with a, a hand on Cappy's side. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and no real negative reaction from Cappy with that hand in that moment. He seems okay with that. Yeah, I think he's still coming down from his song. It is a nice moment. Like I like the hand on the belly. I like the lightning flash when that occurs as well. And then uh, Nathaniel getting reflective here. Mm. Oh, Cappy, tell me about all of this. Tell me about the sea. What does it mean to you? So it, before we go to his answer, I mean, what do we think Nathaniel's driving at when he asked this question? You know, just based on what we know about Nathaniel at this point. I would care. Well, he's as as we've previously discussed, right? His experience on uh, his experience on Outward Watch was transformational, right? I mean, it's really kind of the the crux, a uh, major turning point in both the movie and his life. He almost died. You know, he's had either a near death or perhaps a full death experience. We don't know, but he was trapped out at sea for over a week, you know, visited by the cupcake, Kenny's angel slash devil slash spirit, saved by Chucky. All these things occurred, stripped away his sense of self, right? His uh, sort of like mental consideration of himself as a fancy lad. That has really been broken, I think. And he's kind of looking at the world with new eyes, and, uh, you know, he's he now considers himself part of the crew and he's trying to learn their ways. And Cappy, obviously, as, you know, a, a leader and uh, perhaps a father figure, he's, he's searching for some wisdom. I think it's also has to do something with, yes, he had a near-death experience. Yes, he's kind of out of his element. But if there's anything that, uh, you know, even pandemic living teaches you, when you're stuck out in a boat and you're not just rushing from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, presumably if he was on the Queen Catherine, he would have all kinds of whatever activities and entertainment of sorts that he would be rolling from one thing to the next and never even have the time to reflect or think about anything else, you know, much like the limo. He's just it's just about get me in the limo, get me to where I'm going then get me to the next thing. And the entire life just continues in that way. I mean, I know that we are uh, gentlemen that enjoy the great outdoors. And, you know, it's that slowdown that gets you reflective a lot of times. And just it's part of it. When you don't have anywhere to be, it does open that up. So I think that that also is working to serve to open him up in this moment. That's a good point. So now we got Cappy's answer. Basically money. I come from six generations of seamen, and those uh, six generations all had the same goal in life. Catch fish, sell them, get drunk, get laid. Yeah, so that's the life cycle of a fisherman, I guess. Uh, catch fish, sell them, get drunk, get laid. Doesn't sound like the worst life. So again, uh, Nathaniel responds, I don't think Aristotle could have said it better. Aristotle, Greek philosopher, lived from 384 to 322 BC. He was taught by Plato. He remains one of the most influential people who ever lived, contributed to almost every field in existence, and the founder of many new fields. He founded formal logic, pioneered the study of zoology, the scientific method, 
ethical and political theory, theology, rhetoric, and literary analysis, among many others. Clearly a giant nerd and an overachiever. The word Aristotle literally means the best purpose. Mm. And then, so Aristotle's direct quote, through discipline comes freedom. And if you're going to extend that to the catch fish, sell them, get drunk, get laid, to uh, the discipline of catching fish and selling them allows you the freedom of getting drunk and getting laid. I like that. All right. Well, I am going to take a dive here. So Nathaniel said that uh, he didn't think Aristotle could have said it better than Cappy. So on the good life, Aristotle taught that the highest good is known as eudaimonia. Life lived rationally and excellently according to one's function. Cappy, clearly a fisherman, defines life as a fisherman as one who catches fish, sells fish, gets drunk and gets laid. We can assume from what we know of Cappy that he is successful at all of these activities, as he is clearly a well-experienced fisherman with his boat and crew, gets intoxicated multiple times during the movie, and tells us of his multiple wives. Clearly, Cappy has achieved a well-lived, virtuous life, as extolled by Aristotle, and has whittled down all the components of that life into a simple tetralogism captured before. And what is a tetralogism? That's the uh, catchfish, sell them. A four-component phrase. Wouldn't that be a quattrologism? Uh, tetra works as well. I encounter this a lot in uh, philosophical discussions, you know, particularly when you overthink these philosophical ideas or have these conversations of, you know, what's it all about? What's the meaning of life? All that kind of stuff. And I think what happens is you, you just get caught up in this analytical jerk off and doing something like what Cappy's doing, being out there in the elements and uh, having a direct connection to not only the world, but to his output into the world and it being rewarded, so to speak, in such a direct manner the catching fish, the selling them, the getting drunk, the getting laid, and having it so bundled up into the tetralogism that you have bottled it up into. There's something freeing about that. And, uh, you know, so much anxiety and depression and all this is with this dissatisfaction with life because we don't have our own tetra or quatralogisms. <laughs> Exactly. Cappy has identified kind of the core elements of what makes up his life and is just living each of those elements fully. He's not searching for additional meaning. He is not, although we do see earlier in the movie, he, he wonders what uh, life would have been like if he had been a butcher. But prior to getting stuck in hell's bucket, I would think he was pretty satisfied with the, the cycle of his life, right? that he is just inhabiting to the fullest extent. Or is that more a, a causal relationship? Like living rationally affords you the opportunity to live excellently. If you're in confused, you're irrational, right? And if you're living irrationally, it's very hard to live excellently. Yes, you can't identify those things that you need to do 
that will lead you to happiness, lead you to the good life. You know, I, you've inspired me, and I'm going to write my own uh, tetralogism. Can we come up with a uh, tetralogism for Cabin Boy Minute? Record, edit, post. <laughs> <laughs> Tweet. <laughs> well, beautiful. Aristotle couldn't have said it better. No, no, he couldn't have. So Cappy does agree, says, uh, uh-huh. So <laughs> It's a I mean, great response. Still, still holding up a uh, somewhat amicable conversation at this point. Yeah. And uh, he continues with the, uh, yeah, you might say I dropped out of my mama's womb with galoshes on my feet and a fishing rod in my hand. And then we get the response from Nathaniel. Ouch, that poor woman. Which, uh, that's not a good joke. <laughs> <laughs> Calling it right out there. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just not a good joke. Cappy comes in with the save. In the response shot, he gives him the squint and just the look of confusion. That's funny. Yeah, nice, nice response. And then uh, Nathaniel, I don't know, Cappy. I'm beginning to wonder if it's really people like you who wander the world like shaggy, unkempt beasts who really know what's important in life. There is a Oscar-nominated film this year called Nomadland, yes. which uh, kind of explores this idea that uh, you know the people that wander the world, uh, the shaggy, unkempt beasts, if you will. Mm. I mean, that story is uh, you know it's a sad one, but it's about these people that just kind of like live out of RVs and travel America and. Again, like know what's important in life, I guess, is one of the sentiments of the film. And, it's, you know, they do this by choice and not out of despair. You know, mm. um, some of them. Uh, that, that's at least what I got out of the movie. But uh, in general, a nomad is a member of a community without fixed habitation, which regularly moves to and from the same areas. So there's lots of these kinds of ideas, you know, I, I, it brought to, to mind like wanderlust, like a strong desire to travel, which I mean, I, I get, they're all kind of related. It's hard to say in this exchange if this is what drives Cappy per se. And it's more just his, as we know, his generational career. Yeah, I mean, is I don't see Cappy as a wanderer, right? Like, I think he would I feel like he operates in a fixed area. You know, it, it maybe he they like rotate through a few ports or something like that. But I don't, uh, you know, Nathaniel's conception of Cappy's life is probably broader than Cappy's knowledge. Like for Nathaniel, he probably assumes that the filthy whore just kind of like sails all over the world. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if Nathaniel is kind of conceiving of the filthy whore as kind of like going like all over the just calling whatever port they want home. Versus Cappy, I feel like you know they've got their the beats that he hits in the the cycle of his fishing life. Yeah, that's a good distinction, which is probably correct. So shaggy, unkempt beasts who really know what's important in life. I mean, do they? Do you guys uh, ascribe to that? That the unkempt beasts know what's important in life? The nomads or? People who like you who wander the world. Forget about these shaggy, unkempt beasts. Okay. As opposed to a fancy lad. Are they mutually exclusive? I mean, fancy lads compared to nomads. Sure. Yeah. Or, or, or wanderers. 
wanderers compared to anybody. You know, it, it's just like, no. <laughs> I feel like people who really know what's important in life are probably, I guess, maybe it depends. You know, on, who's, on who's it's somebody per- you would point to that uh, you would say they got it figured out. I don't think I would point to anybody. Does no. anybody really have it all figured out? Does, I mean, they, they're a happy people, but they pick and choose what their concerns are, I guess. It doesn't mean that they've got it all figured out, right? Yes. So it's hopeless is what I'm hearing. <laughs> it depends on what you're what you're what you're hopeful for. Living rationally and excellently. What do you need to figure out everything for then? Well, I think that's what he's questioning. He's saying to himself, evaluating like the life of a fancy lad, earning riches or maintaining riches, I guess, and doing whatever a fancy lad does, as opposed to, you know, not having anything and just kind of wandering the world and they don't have it figured out. And that's what makes it special. I think, you know, Nathaniel's identified the dissatisfaction that was always there, whether or not he recognized it with his fancy lifestyle. As a fancy lad, he could really do whatever he wanted to. But because of that, did any of it ever really satisfy him? Because he never really had to put any effort into it. There was always something new that he could do. So there was no reason for him to invest in anything, you know, and it all just came so easily and presumably it was all just so transient that he simply, you know, had experiences for the sake of the experiences. There was never any kind of like depth or grounding to it versus he looks at Cappy and the crew and it's a much simpler life. You know, the, the, the complexity has been drawn down. They have concrete things that they need to accomplish. And when those things are accomplished, they get a specific reward for it and they can utilize those rewards in specific ways. And I think that appeals to him in comparison to his prior life. You know, he, he looks at that and he says, like, says to himself, look at these men who their life is constrained, but within that constraint, they can still enjoy themselves. You know, he sees the crew having a good time, mm. right? Outside of, you know, obviously losing Kenny and having the ship being damaged sucked, but he gets to see the crew, like, getting wasted and having fun. He gets to experiencing them having fun at his expense, and he's kind of, like, processing all these things and saying to himself, like, oh, wait, maybe this is the way to live versus how I've lived before, and it's it's simplicity. Well, we know, the, to back to our earlier conversations, meaning first 20 or so episodes of Cabin Boy Minute, he hasn't had any exposure to anything else. Like he probably never even thought that a quote unquote poor person could be happy. And now he's seeing these people that seem to be happy and doing what they want, maybe have it all figured out. And it's, uh, you know, intriguing him at the very least in this moment. That's a very good point. So to which uh, and maybe maybe out of fear of evaluation, because, again, he has his uh, rational, excellent life all figured out, Cappy does. And why evaluate it at that point, which is probably what we're experiencing with Scott here, who has it all figured out. And, you know, just the sheer exercise of trying to figure it out puts it all in doubt and jeopardy. So please don't <laughs> go down that line. I get it feel understood scott uh so cappy says okay boy i'm officially sick of you now take off 
And Nathaniel jumps in very quickly. Are you quite sure? You know, sometimes if we had a little too much to drink, we tend to say the opposite. I, I did try to find uh, if there was any scientific evidence to this uh, idea of saying things that are the opposite when we are intoxicated. You know, there's an old adage that a drunken man's words are a sober man's thoughts, meaning that probably what you say when you're drunk is more in line with what you think rather than the opposite. Alcohol does affect the top of the brain known as the cerebral cortex, which can clearly change the way you behave, but no direct evidence in my preliminary research that it would necessarily make you say the opposite of what you believe. Yeah, the little bit of research that I put in supports what you just described there. One gentleman, Bruce Bartholow, author of Alcohol Effects on Performance Monitoring and Adjustment, Effect Modulation and Impairment of Evaluative Cognitive Control. Said that alcohol... I didn't get all that. Can you say that again? No. <laughs> alcohol doesn't make you behave badly. It just makes you careless. <laughs> I mean, we've done plenty of our own studying, and uh, <laughs> let's say that that uh, life experience has been affirmed. Yes. I think we can all be confident that Cappy is saying exactly what he means. Hmm. He does not want him there. All right, so the commentary. Silence. Yeah, a lot of silence, but then they do go into a whole discussion. So Chris Elliott gets the ball rolling after after quite a bit of silence. Uh, again, evaluating this here movie and its reception, if you will. So he says a comedy audience or an audience going to see a comedy changed as the years went by. People going to see this, meaning Cabin Boy, were used to seeing Jim Carrey movies and that kind of stuff. And then Resnick chimes in, well, no, but Ace Ventura was the big hit the same year. And then Elliot jumps in, well, that's just it. Resnick talking about Ace Ventura. That was a big crowd-pleasing, you know it, delivered the goods. And then Mike Sachs jumps in, I mean, Biodome with Pauly Shore didn't get reviews like this. Resnick, right, right. But no, that's a good point. See, and I never saw a biotome. <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, he says, uh, I remember like thinking that that got by under the wire, biodome. And then Resnick, there were a lot of B-level comedies uh, that period that would come out bomb, not do business, and then basically everybody would forget about it, as opposed to Cabin Boy that got all of this excess attention. So they're kind of, you know, reevaluating again why Cabin Boy stood out as much as it did as compared to other shitty comedies. But anyhow, uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores of critic aggregate reviews. So Cabin Boy got a 46%. Ace Ventura, 49%. So not that much better. Mm. Critical acclaim. Biodome, which they're saying, you know, didn't get reviews like this, has a, wait for it, 4% (laughs) on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it makes Cabin Boy feel like Citizen Kane compared to Biodome. (laughs) Guess I know what our next podcast is going to (laughs) be. All right, so who wins the scene? Cappy. 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 
Great drunken believability. Yeah. Cappy bringing it. For video game ideas. Mm -hmm. Some sort of video game segment that plays on the catch fish, sell them, get drunk, get laid bit. I was thinking about this earlier. You can absolutely take that whole sequence, thinking of it as it's a game you can play on your phone every day. Part of the game, you go catch, you go catch some fish, and you go pick your spot where you're gonna go catch fish, and then you have to choose what port you're going to to sell your fish. You'll get, you know, depending on what you catch and where you'll sell it, you get a certain amount of money. Then you choose where you're going to drink, and then you have to balance how drunk you want to get with how much money you have left over, because then that defines what kind of uh, lady you get to spend the night with, and whether or not you get to enjoy your night, depending on how drunk you get. It's funny because when you were explaining it, I, I also would have added the device where the different ports, you know, you make more money at certain ports, but the more money you make, it's related to how dangerous the ports are. Sure. So that can, you know, factor into your decision that you, you make more money, but you also might die. <laughs> yes. Maybe traveling to the port is dangerous. The uh, CFSFGDGL acronym doesn't really roll off the tongue (laughs) csgg just go with there you go that could work um yeah you seem to like these like mobile app extensions as uh you want to take it on the go yeah that's what i spend too i spend too much time doing it so it's where my brain goes so anyhow video video game idea uh mini game perhaps like the operation game, you know, the board game type of thing with the little forceps. Might be fun to see like a doctor and you have to pull out the fisherman galoshes fishing rod without touching the sides. <laughs> pull it out. <laughs> that poor woman. <laughs> Are you sure this is the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just try to get the fishing rod out. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So gags per minute. I got 11. Number one, it was like honey from the lips of an angel. Number two is the burp. Number three is the bless you. Number four is catch fish, sell them, get drunk, and get laid. Number five, I don't think Aristotle could have said it better. Number six, you might say I dropped out of my mama's womb with galoshes on my feet and a fishing rod in my hand. Number seven, ouch, that poor woman. Number eight, Cappy's face. Number nine, shaggy, unkempt beasts. Number 10, I'm officially sick of you. And number 11, you know, sometimes if we've had a little too much to drink, and that's it. I had eight. I have number one as honey from the lips of an angel, including the belch. Number two, catch fish, sell them, et cetera, et cetera. Number three, the Aristotle line. Number four, came out of the womb. Number five, that poor woman. Number six, unkempt beasts. Number seven, I'm sick of you. Number eight, are you quite sure sometimes we say what we don't want to say? All right. Uh, Scott with 11, Brian with eight. I had a GPM of nine. Hmm. Honey from Lips of an Angel, the belch, bless you. Uh, his basically money response, I gave a gag to that. Aristotle couldn't have said it better. Uh, that poor woman, Cappy's reaction to that poor woman, the shaggy beasts, and then uh, just the, are you quite sure you haven't had too much to drink? I did not give the, I'm sick of you as a gag. So, given 
our range of responses from 8 to 9 to 11. I believe we have an average GPM of about 9.5. And, a half. and uh, so I win GPM this week. Congrats. And thank you, thank you. As the winner of GPM, I get a, a case of Seeking Pale Ale and the uh, Holy Shore DVD collection, all to enjoy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, big gifts. Yeah, yeah. big call. It does bring into question your methods here. Do, I mean, do you have like two tiers that you read off when you win and when anyone else wins? <laughs> yeah, because this doesn't sound right. This seems to be very generous. We all had to split some shitty gifts last time, I believe. I got this part. I had to split with Scott. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> well, you got you to take the context of what you're receiving each week. And this week, again, consider a Pauly Shore DVD collection. All right, so then I'll take it. <laughs> Fine. Sure, I sell it to somebody on eBay. <laughs> it is yours. Funny, not funny. I got funny. Not funny. Ooh, conflict. Uh, I have funny. Uh. So, Rob, what say you first? <sighs> Wasn't quite all the way there for me. Ouch, that poor woman's kind of painful. <laughs> just get stuck on that one. It's a little rough. And, uh, you know, again, I, I feel this is, uh, this is more of like a, a connective tissue moment bringing Nathaniel and the captain together, displaying their relationship versus just kind of a, we're going to play this for laughs type of minute. Mm. Scott? Ouch, that poor woman is great. <laughs> I, I giggle. I giggle at its stupidity. I giggle at, I giggle at, at honey from the lips of an angel. And I constantly tell people, bless you after they burp, to much to their disappointment. <laughs> I, I think it's funny. Yeah, I, I think I was swayed by the honey from the lips of an angel joke, because I do use that a lot, and I really like that one. I, I mean, I, yeah, it's a slow scene, but it's steady with a few different jokes in there. So I, I could see how you could say not funny, you know? I'm not saying you're wrong. I just skewed at the moment I watched it onto the funny side. We can agree to disagree. It's fair. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us here on Cabin Boy Minute, Minute 42. We'll see you next time on Cabin Boy Minute 43. Adios. Bye-bye. again for joining us on cabin boy minute please help spread the word tell your friends about us and rate and subscribe on your podcast medium of choice check out our episode notes where you can find calls to action details on how to support the pod or leave us a message or find us on twitter at at cabin boy minute we look forward to joining you again next week bon voyage